I love her. The other night, actually, me and the dancers, we got um, a thing of all of her videos, and we watched all of them. There was like a lot of them that oh, I, wow. I hadn't even seen, like Control, and um, and after even seeing that, it totally inspired me even more. But I went to her show, and after seeing her oh, really? perform, she just, you know, she's amazing. You and, saw yeah. the Velvet Rope tour? Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. she's really, really good. And ever since I was a little girl, I've totally looked up to her. And when you know, I saw her videos when I was younger, the mm -hmm. ones I did see. It just made me so hungry for what I'm doing now. So, really? Yeah. Inspiration for dance moves also. Yeah, totally. Say. That was Britney Spears talking about her love of Janet Jackson. And throughout the years, you've seen a lot of Janet Jackson and Britney Spears love since day one. Now, I want to welcome all those first-time listeners and returners. Welcome back. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the Original Doll Podcast, where I unpackage music with the people who created it. We deep dive into those global hits, those unreleased songs, those evolutions and creations of songs to give you, the listeners, more insight. We also share links on how to purchase the songs, how to stream the songs, and more. Go to www.theoriginaldoll.com. Underneath the guest option dropdown, you'll find each separate guest and a page dedicated to them, which we'll be updating weekly. It's also a charitable podcast. We give back to charity. For every question a guest answers, we get items donated to charity. So just by being here and talking about their work, their life, they're helping out those in need. And a big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Uh, for those who want to join, go to www.theoriginaldial.com. If you want to keep this podcast up and running and free for all, you can go ahead and for as little as a dollar a month donate to help keep this going. Don't forget, follow me on Instagram, the.original.dial. Uh, on Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. Uh, it's the account that Britney Spears follows. Now, what I wanted to do today was do part of the Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. As many people know, uh, this was created some time ago to honor Janet Jackson's legacy, uh, because for a while, many news stations, the media, misogynist people, tried to tear Janet Jackson down. And a group of her fans started saying, no, we need to honor this woman. And that's what this episode is about. Because if you're a fan of Britney Spears and a lot of other pop stars, chances are you know songs that were inspired by Janet Jackson. In previous episodes, I talked to Joshua Schwartz about working on Britney's third album, Britney, back in 2001, and how Janet Jackson was in big influence on the album. And we go into that later. And the other thing I wanted to do is just let you know, these songs that we play in here, they're worth listening to again. And so I wanted to spend some time talking to the songwriter, Tommy Parker, who in fact was the songwriter of Love I Love, which was featured at the end of Janet Jackson's documentary. Now, he worked a lot with Janet on the Unbreakable album, Made For Now, and some more, which we'll go into. But don't forget, stream these songwriters, uh, purchase their albums. The, the Unbreakable album, there is a Target uh, exclusive version with some bonus tracks. There's a vinyl version and so on and so forth. So support them. So this weekend, Super Bowl weekend, if you want to do something to help out some, you know, rock star icons, go ahead, stream Janet Jackson's music, her albums, her songs. Go back to seeing and listening to those videos where you fell in love 
Janet Jackson has been around for five decades in the entertainment industry. She's touched upon many people's lives. So this episode is in honor of Janet Jackson, all of her hard work, and the fans. So I took many fan questions to ask Tommy Parker about the creations of some of these songs. So we're going to get into that. But I'm going to stop talking. And once again, follow me on Instagram, the.original.dell. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the Original Doll Podcast. The Original Doll. So yeah. now let's 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 hop back to Janet. Let's talk about this album. Dun, 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 mm. Unbreakable. Uh, Jan- it's such the fact that you're on like half of this album. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, it's it's amazing. And this was well received. I believe it was at the time. I think it still might be uh, Janet's like most critically acclaimed album. I believe like yeah. the the Metacritics and stuff like that. And yeah. it was a number one album on Billboard, and it was an indie album. That's the other thing, yep. too. Yeah. So yeah. how did this album get started? Then we have we have questions from about 20 people. I tried narrowing down these questions about certain songs okay. and lines. So how did this how did this project come to be? How did you get started on the Unbreakable album? Well, we started Unbreakable in 2013. And um, yeah, we um, went to overseas and me janet and another guy we started working um on some stuff and i um i started like working on samples and stuff making my own old school samples and i was like janet listen to this and i was so nervous my hands was all sweaty and i said listen to this janet she listens to it she said tommy this is i'm gonna talk to you in one second this is really good she said, it's very fresh, but it's very familiar at the same time. I was like, you're so right. So I was like, wow. I was like, you think so? She's like, yes. She's like, tell me, I can see me doing something like this. And sure enough. Your Janet voice. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Don't tell her. <laughs> it's going to be like, what did you say, Tommy? I know, right? So you do my voice? <laughs> I'm like, you guys, this is another Jackson on the on the podcast. <laughs> so what yeah. was the first song you remember that was cut for that album? Because you had, for those, for the listeners, uh, I'm going to send everyone a link on how to buy. There's the vinyl is still available at some outlets and you can still buy the whole album. And iTunes actually has it on sale. I believe it's like $8.99 or whatever. It's well worth it. But you worked on Unbreakable Night, Dreammaker, Euphoria, You Be Loved, Gone Be All Right, uh, Love You For Life. And like half of the album. As I'm yeah. looking at this, I'm like, look at, there's you, there's you, there's you, there's you. Okay, so <laughs> right. what was that first song that you cut that you remember cutting for that album? I think it was Unbreakable. I think it was Unbreakable. Yeah, because I sent her a melody pad because I, I did the beat, um, my sample and stuff. Explain and what then, a melody pass is for the listener. So I did a top line. I just like mumbled. Just all the way through it. And then um, they ended up, they wrote the words to it and then built it out to sound like Janet. But, so, yeah. 
It was cool. It, it was, it, you know, I, I, I was, I was trying something new, and I thought it was so dope that she grabbed it, and um, it was well received like that. And once again, you lucky son of a gun. She <laughs> names the album Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yep. Did you when? At what point did you find out that that was going to be the the well, title I, of the I album? I told her. I told her to name it Unbreakable because I was, I was upset that she was just getting ridiculed so bad and i'm just like you know what janet you are unbreakable and you know you you're strong and i think that this should be unbreakable and then we forgot that michael had a song called unbreakable but it was just it, it meant so much to her that she ended up using the name and then i got the title track so. that's that's amazing i remember listening to an interview with uh Jimmy Jam, where he said, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, Janet was really singing that that Michael Jackson tone. And for a while she was like, do I, should I veer away from that? And, and Jimmy Jam was like, no, that is your birthright. Lean right. into that. Yeah. For those listeners who might not know Unbreakable, and here's the best part about the podcast. I don't shame anyone if they haven't listened to the album, because it's all about making new listeners, creating new experiences for people. This album is such a blend of the Jacksons as a whole because yeah. there's some rock stuff in there. You know, there's some like well-traveled and things like that. But I love well-traveled. it's such a good song and, and and even damn baby like all these songs that are just like they're just <laughs> it's an unabashedly janet jackson album right. Right. so then so you do unbreakable what are the what are the next songs like what is the the, the sequence because the listeners uh -huh. most of them asked how did this project evolve what was the first one cut that you worked on what was the last one and did so things we change a lot it, well, a little bit, because we were kind of working in our own corners because, you know, Janet was cutting with Jimmy Jam and Terry and I was just working from home and I was just sending them ideas and then I was just sending some good ideas. And um, by the time we got to night, um, Jimmy was like, don't sit no more. He said, because you're going to start taking out some of your other records off of the album. So you need to leave it there <laughs> because he really, really liked night because he said he felt that was the one record they did not have. And it was it was very R&B at the time. And then they had Well Traveled, but they didn't have no house music. They didn't have no dance. So I gave that, I, I, I did that I did that beat and I did the top line. And you can hear my voice in it too. And it's funny because I, I smoke weed when I do my demos. So I had the lighter lighting in the front and Janet called me. She said, Tommy, what is that you're doing before the song starts? I was like, I was lighting a lighter. She's like, I told Jimmy that that's what you were doing. You're probably smoking weed. I was like, I was. <laughs> I was trying to catch a vibe.
but it was all in the recording. Yeah. yeah th- what's what's great is on on here the the vocal production on here is so well done and all of those okay. the 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 harmonies and everything and it's it to me because people are always like you know is is Janet a, a pop person is Janet R and B I go pop is whatever's popular at the time anything right, right. and. Yep. But Janet has, to me, always, like, she's always veered. So, you know, I'm, I'm from Chicago, based in Chicago, like house music, that sort of music. So when Janet did, like, Throb back in the day, when she started oh, going, yeah. like, all those things, you know, mm-hmm. she always does that thing that's a little bit unexpected in this. And here, this album was such a great sonic diverse group of songs. Thank you. So how did you, okay, so so we talked about Night, but then like Dream Maker Euphoria, because I want to go through all this, because yeah, somebody Dream else Maker, says, oh, go ahead. What, no, go ahead. Uh, what were you the question say? was like, hey, for Dream Maker Euphoria, was it two separate songs? Like, I never understood what it means when they put a slash in a song. I may seem kind of stupid, which you're not, listener, you're not. Uh, but uh-huh. I always wondered if is that they're trying to figure out which song works, or is it two different melodies put into one? You know, that's another one of my original samples that I used and um, I reversed it and it goes into a half step. So it starts. So it just keeps it goes everywhere, but it's the sample that's backwards and it's like reversing back. So that's probably that they probably hear because the sample is reversed. Your voice. So good. So good. Oh, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> Tommy, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Give the listener something. Oh, and, and by the way, b- before I forget. So uh, for first time listeners, for every question that Tommy answers, we get items for charity. So we have donors nice. that say like, hey, if Tommy answers 30 questions, I want to send 30 packs of new socks. I want to send 30, you know, new deodorants and stuff like that. So you, Tommy, just being here and just sharing your story, your life, you're helping us. And making us fall in love and sometimes re-fall in love with these songs and what's great is what you're doing is even by us hearing your your voice doing this people will now go back and stream and download those songs again to hear those parts so so every so so tommy so for all these from now on tommy i'm gonna hunt you down and find you unless you're like i want to hear a little bit made for now you're like perfect (laughs) i'm not even gonna try to sing um Another one is said, said uh, I think, so this is from Taiko from Japan. To Be Loved is probably my favorite Janet Jackson song next to That's The Way Love Goes. Can you please ask how that came to be and where it has been hiding? Because that song's like it could have been Janet's early on. Oh. Everybody wants to be needed. Everybody needs to feel loved. Well, see, so what I did on that song, I did the top line. It's the top line. I did that. Um, um, Jimmy, um, Jimmy and Terry sent me some records that they produced. Um, this is when we were going back and forth, and they 
they sent me that. There's like, let me see what melodies you can do on it. And that's when I um I want you to feel me a bit of the to the end of time. Cause everybody needs to be loved. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to like clap over it because your voice sounds oh. like it's like you are doing that Jackson stutter. You're doing that Jackson. Th- I'm not even going to try to sing. The listeners, you all know, <laughs> I just speak and I buy music. I do not sing. Right. That is not my, my talent is buying, not, not singing. But it's what I love is even in, in hearing that it's the listeners can go, oh, wait, that's, you know, where it's kind of stripped back and hear it. And so now they'll, they'll listen again to that. Uh, yeah. Then the next one I have is from Eugene in Germany. He said, hey, can you please talk about the creation of Gonna Be All Right? That, sta- oh. that song is on repeat for me. The whole album is really good, but for some reason that just hits real good. Can you please ask how that song was created? Was it beats first, lyrics first, so on and so forth? That is so dope. If you love someone, you better tell them now. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I did that beat. It was beat first. Yeah. And I did the top line melody for that too. So Jimmy Jimmy told me he said they they you know they love Sly and the Family Stone. You know, they used that for a lot of Janet's early stuff. So he was like, Well, let me get your input or your expression on a Sly and the Family Stone. What if Janet would do Sly the Family Stone? So that's that's I came up with that and um I did all the the different voices and stuff because it's sliding the family stone. So it was it was the, the brother, then it was this person, it was that person. And then and you know what you, you want to know a secret? I'm yes, singing always ad, I'm singing ad libs in the back of that song. When she goes, where's my cousin at? I go, oh she's like, where he be at? Let's see. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. There's uh, Penelope said, Hey, how many people are doing the ad libs and gonna be all right from Indianapolis, by the way? Oh, that's where that's where my family's from. Big up Indianapolis, Indiana. I love it. 
it, 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 it's mostly Janet, and then I come in at the end too. This is so awesome, and and this is what's what's great is in in talking about music in general is there's so many different tones and textures yeah. that are on these songs, and they're so cool because like little Eddie, he said, you know. Kylie left, you know, his vocals throughout the throughout the the song that he worked on with her, and he was like, it was so cool because she's like, this is the tone, this is texture I need. I can't right. mimic that. Like, and that's right. what a lot of people don't realize because it's it's always good to be able to like have that similar sound, but it's also good to create mm -hmm. that neutral bed so that something else can stand out and so something pops a bit. Um, right. And and Janet's one of those people, and I always talk about that I feel like for me as my preference that Britney Spears songs can go seamlessly on Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson playlists. You know, they're all completely different artists, but they, there's always these fun tones and different things you don't really hear. And mm -hmm. the fact that Janet can go from, you know, even going back for the, for the listeners, she can go from again, vocals to throb yeah. to any time, yeah. any place, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hearing when like Michael, Michael, you know, Jackson is telling, it's weird to say Michael Jackson, her brother is telling her yeah. like, in Scream, I want you to give me that black cat voice. I need that black cat voice. And it's like, Ooh. that's what she does. So then yeah. uh, another, another one I had was for Tommy from Toronto. Hey, can you please talk a little bit about Love You For Life? I just think it's a fun song. Also, does anyone else get really cool Prince vibes whenever you see anything where it's just the letter U and the number four? Let me know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Love You For Life. I did that beat too in the top line. Um, I was really nervous to send that one because um, I'm going to just say it. I felt it was a little Justin Timberlake. And... Um, of course, it was based off of Michael Jackson, the ultimate, but it was it had some Justin vibes because it did all that stuff. Um, but uh, I was so surprised that they did that song. And then when I heard it after I sent it to Jimmy and Terry, and then when I heard it back and I heard they didn't really add too much to the beat, I was just like, wow. I, I was really amazed about that. I thought they would do some more to it, but they didn't. It, it's, it's almost like you have been able to fit in a, on this album, like the third of the, the, the guys, like the third, you know, yeah. Jimmy Jam, you know, Terry and Tommy, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy said that I'll, I'm like a, a, a fitted dress for Janet. He was like, you just, you get her. And it's like you, she can go to the mall and see a dress and put it on and it will fit perfectly. That's who you are for her. And that was well, like the highest compliment for me. Well, and that's the whole thing because I think you as somebody who, you know, of course being a fan of, you know, Jackson music in general, but also yeah. as, a, as a composer, you mm -hmm. know, that you can go, okay, what can I do? Knowing in mind what she's done before, what has been released by everyone else before. Mm -hmm. You helped create this album that stood out. And this is like yeah. her most recent album, which is like six years ago or whatnot, that yeah. this album stood out to many people that they keep going back to, you know? Yeah. And I think what you did, you did really well because I think you, to, to you know, Jimmy Jam's point, I think you compliment her voice and her future and what mm. she can do. And it would be easy for anyone just to be like, here, let's throw in 
this Swedish producer, call it a day, throw it in there. But then it's Janet Jackson doing that music, that the music you've created on this album fits into her canon of music. It doesn't sound like it's not supposed to be there, which is really good because none of these I expected at all, dude. So that's props to you. Um, oh, thank you. I, I I totally appreciate that, man. This is like really making my day. <laughs> well, and this is this is my favorite part about this whole podcast is it's about sharing the love that these people have because okay. we had a woman named uh, Kylie, oddly enough, Kylie. Mm-hmm. I think it's Kylie, K E Y L I E. Kylie said, "Hey, can you just let him know? I want to give him props for doing make me." At that time, I was going through some depression, but I kept turning that on every day and had my own little dance party to get me motivated. It got me through the worst time of my life, and I just want to say thank you to all involved. So thank you. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you, Kylie. Another, this is, dude, just the the flowers are going to keep coming. Uh, (laughs) Up next. Okay, so then that song is, so the album put out and everything. Were Mm -hmm. there... How many songs that you worked on that she cut didn't make that specific album? Was there a lot or was it pretty much everything that you hit was like a home run? No, there was a couple that she cut and they were really good, but she just didn't. It was, I, there was something something holding it. There is this one song that I like. Oh, I can't do it. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I know. I know. I was like, I was like, I'm in trouble. No, just here. I'll cut this part. I'll cut this part out. Hopping up for a quick moment to remind you to follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and follow me on Patreon, www.theoriginaldoll.com. We do have merchandise and Britney brand items for sale with proceeds benefiting charity. So if you're interested in the mug that many of our guests have used or the reusable bag, go ahead, reach out uh, and find it on the website. Now back to the show. What I love is the Jacksons as a whole did not step away from using rock and guitar. Right. And to me, that was, I mean, that's what I grew up with. I didn't know, I didn't have the ear to know that at the time. I was like, man, now going back and you have all these, like the Foo Fighters and all these other people yeah. that are like, man, the, the Jackson, like Michael Jackson's, you know, Thriller, his bad album. And I'm like, wait, what? So <laughs> other people listen to that other than well, me? Can- yeah, because you know, you know, they were just really trying to break the barriers of like being uh, black musicians and only making black type of music. So they wanted to be respected in the pop world. And you know, Michael just really he his music is just so like you don't see any ethnicity with Michael and Janice the same way. But um, they broke the barriers for that for for other artists like ourselves to go into a rock and be respected as a rock artist, not just be R and B. That does rock. What I loved with Unbreakable as a whole album is it's Janet's soul in there. Yeah. That I feel like everything is genuinely Janet and it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel like it's safe either. You know, and she's been at the point in her career, she doesn't have to define herself anyway. She doesn't have to prove herself to anyone. Right. And yet here she comes out with this album that like commercially it does well, that critically it does well. And it's like, she was like, I don't give a about it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just going to make an album I want to make. So let's talk right. about this. So from there, I know that there's um, for the listeners, they're going to be like, wait, 
is the guy you're talking to tommy was he the one that was with you know love i love is that the guy that's been involved and it's like oh so before we talk about that i want to talk about this vinyl made for now yes that song i have from uh trina in san francisco she said, hey, can you please talk a little bit about Made For Now? I think it is probably one of the best Janet dance tracks of my entire life. Oh. I loved it from beginning to end, the Afrocentricness of the video, everything about it. The fact that they did the Latin version just proves to me that Janet is really in a lane all of herself. I want to hear about how this is created and, and when Daddy Yankee got added in. The floor, you know, Tommy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Daddy Yankee, I think Daddy Daddy Yankee was somebody that they wanted at the beginning of it just to give it a good contrast because it was a Nigerian type of record. So they wanted to, you know, everyone to dance to it. So I think he was on the top of it. Um, and um, I vocal produced Janet on the on the Latin one. We did it together. Yeah, and she told me, she was like, Tommy, you know I'm good at Spanish because I was married to a Spanish person for a long time, which is Renee. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I, I didn't know she knew it. So she was perfect. I, I mean, she was perfect at it. She did it so well. We had another guy that actually knew Spanish, and then I just made sure it tried to sound as, as much as the original as possible. And that's something where somebody had even asked me, they said, hey, with the Latin version, was that Janet that did that? Is that a lot of digital altering to make her oh, no. sing in Spanish? <laughs> and I reminded Janet. people, I was like, she has sang songs before. It's like, I think, uh, yep. come back Let's to me in Spanish. Yep, come back to me. Yep. Uh, yep. She did like even French and like, again, like she's done different things. And I knew about the, the Spanish aspect because... Growing up, my grandmother, my my dad's side of the the family's from Mexico and they're native. Nice. They they would they would have stuff and I'm like, wait, why is that? Because it's like it sounds familiar, but I, you know. What, and I was and I mean, I was a younger kid at that point. Like I said, not having the ear. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the version I know. found out because i'm like wait it's yeah. on you know my my grandmother's uh radio station that she was playing so when was the decision to do the latin version was the single out already or was this already pre-planned before the single came well, out the single was already the single was already out and then they did the spanish one so yeah. cool 
I'm singing on Made for Now too. Let, let me hear. <laughs> let me hear a little bit, Tommy. Oh no, I can't do. I can't sing that high right now. <laughs> I feel like it's too early in the morning for that. It's too early. I can't. I, listeners phone. have have no fear. I will ask Tommy if he could send us for some exclusive, some little uh, audio of him just singing something when his voice is his is warmed yeah. up and things like that. So that listeners, you know, we will have some kind of fun uh, little exclusives in there. So keep listening. Now, okay. so made for now. When you were working on that, was that? was there an album idea being created or because I remember after or it was before Unbreakable or after where she's like I don't know how I feel about albums anymore yeah yeah, that's how she felt she just wanted to do some singles and Made For Now was the single that she wanted to do and we did Love I Love around that same time too and um, a couple of other records because she cut like four around that time and so this is, the world has listened to two of the four already. So you yeah, are, so this Tommy, is, this we're waiting for we the did, other two. Right. We did this with Harmony Samuels. He's a really dope producer and um, BOE. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope she releases Love I Love so you guys can hear the whole thing. Yeah, That's, well, that, the, that was one of my songs. So how did you know, did you get a sync call or anything before the documentary was released that they were going to use this, you know, the snippet of the song. Like, did you have any idea that they were going to use it in the documentary? Well, J- Janet, J- Janet called it as a unit. So it was a surprise. It was just as much as a surprise of me being in the documentary. I, I, I think that was a major surprise for me. So yeah. that, well, that's what I was wondering. So during the time that, so the album Unbreakable was, released and then she started i believe then she started filming some of the stuff or was some of the no, stuff filmed before it was filming be- um while the first unbreakable tour she started filming around that time and then um the other tour and then we started working on um black diamond early 2020 and that that's where my footage was from um, the documentary. That's why I was so chubby. Because I'm not chubby no more. But I was fat. <laughs> so that was that was before COVID. Before we had to lose weight and get sick and all that stuff. So uh, <laughs> I was so I was so heavy. Uh, I was like, oh, all I saw was my belly when I saw that. <laughs> And they were like, you can't, I said, you can't focus on that. I was like, you're right. You know, I'm still, I'm beyond, you know, but I, um, I just really have to work out a little bit more. <laughs> hey, we all got, uh, we all got through 2020, like, right. you know, those are like, th- that's, that's yeah. soldiers in general. You know what I mean? Getting yeah. through that, that time. So, so you worked on four different songs and things like that. Was there a direction then? Because you you did so many songs on Unbreakable. Was there a direction where she said, hey, I kind of want to go this way or I kind of want to go that way? Like, was there a set like, this is the, the tone, the texture I want to go with? Or was she like, let's get together and do something? Well, I mean, she always knows what she wants to do before getting into it. So um, she set the tone and we just, just try to deliver it. Um, and the... Uh, you know the stuff after and then the the black diamond stuff was just really i thought it was really really cool what we were working on and she was um and i know she will is you know when she said in the documentary she wants to end with the bang 
And I just felt like she was just really like giving her all in the studio, you know, when we were working um, before COVID hit, you know, she just, it was just a different beast, you know, it, you know, in that footage, she was just all in the studio, you know, she was just, she was actually, we were listening back to some stuff because I did some vocal alignment and then she was correcting me because I did some things wrong and needed to be better. So that's why she had that serious face on. and. Um, you know, she's just really serious, man. She's great to work with. I learned so much from her. And I definitely learned a lot from the godfathers, Jimmy and Terry. <laughs> how was that, though, working with, I mean, Dark Child, everyone? How was that, though, being somebody just starting out, you know, and still, you're still, you know, compared like comparatively to them, like 40, like Jimmy Jam, like, how did that feel going in there going, I'm bringing my toys to the playground, but you, you built the playground. Like, how yeah, did that I, feel? I, it, it was indescribable. Like when they were give, when they were like anything that I'm doing, I just didn't think it was real at all. Like it's just, it just felt so unreal that I'm actually with Jimmy and Terry and Janet and not just with Janet, you know, I'm with, I'm with the whole, you know, my childhood is based off of them and I'm with them and we're just trying to come up with stuff. And I, you know, I, yeah, I wish I could go back to that time so I can soak it up more because I was just so like a bobblehead. Just like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Okay, Jimmy, you told me to do this. Okay, Teddy, you want me to do this? So I didn't really like get the, you know, to sink into it, you know? And then when, you know, when the album went number one, they're all used to it. I wasn't used to it, but they're used to it. It's like, well, this is, this is, this is what happens when you make a good album. And I'm just like, but this is my first number one. For the first time listeners, if you go to www.theoriginaldoll.com, you'll be able to click on a, a little drop down that says guests. And on there, it's going to be different pages with some of the guests. They're going to be updated uh, almost weekly uh, where you can stream the guests' music. Uh, there will be links for any time that there are physical items still available to purchase uh, and really get to know them. I always say, especially with you know Janet Jackson, uh, Britney Spears, and so many people is their careers are expansive. There's a lot of music out there. And oftentimes people hear songs for the first time and they're like, this is amazing. This is great. I've never heard it before. And sometimes I've seen some, you know, other people say, how do you not know this? You're dumb. You're this, you're that. And it's, for me, it's not about that. I love the fact that on the Original Doll podcast, I'm able to introduce new ears to this music. So great. You bought these albums years and years ago. But the way we keep these certifications going, the way we keep streaming going, is by introducing new ears to the music. And that's why I wanted to do this episode about the Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. Because as you, as you all know, listeners, Janet Jackson's a fan of Britney Spears. Britney Spears is a fan of Janet Jackson. We talked with Josh Schwartz during the making of the Britney album, uh, during the Crossroads time, is Janet Jackson Velvet Rope was something that was really, really... Um, inspirational to them. Josh mentioned it in uh, previous episodes with anticipating being this kind of Janet jackson song or Lonely being this Jackson-sounding song. Uh, we talked with Casey Livingston on the episode, the co-writer of Scary, where she talked about that she wanted that, ja like, that Jackson, that Michael Jackson stutter kind of thing. And what's been amazing is how often the influence of the Jackson family has been on big superstars. You have people that are, you know, other icons like Janet Jackson, you know, separate of this. 
You have Mariah Carey. You have Whitney Houston. You have all these people who many times it may be easy to say, oh, this person is better than that person or this, you know, they, they're enemies. In many interviews, and there are photos going back where Janet Jackson is with Mariah Carey, with Whitney Houston, you know, that she's complimenting Lady Gaga and Britney Spears because I truly believe that Janet Jackson is a fan of the music and she's a fan of her peers and those who have come after her. Uh, and I mean not like, you know, attacking her, but those people that started careers after she has. But this episode is important because this is an album of a woman who will be five decades into the entertainment industry. And you look at many other artists who's still making music right now that has that, who stills on the pulse of that. And that's why I wanted to give a shine to Janet Jackson in this episode. So what I wanted to do is end this part of the episode with talking about Janet Jackson had announced right before the pandemic hit that she was going to be going on tour, the Black Diamond tour. She talked about it was like the strongest kind of stone uh, known and that that fit her where she was going in her life and what she'd done. So I asked Tommy about this. The Black Diamonds was going to be a tour and everything because she made this announcement. And I believe it was going to be, I don't know if it was an EP. I think it was an album that there was an album that was being worked on with that. Right. COVID hits. At what point do they go, um, we're not doing any, you know what I mean? Because like, was there enough stuff that you knew that they would have released it? Or was it still, since it was early on, they didn't know what to do because you can't promote no, because, you know, a Janet album you know, without promoting. Yeah, but Janet, you know, her, her albums are like her pride and joy. So she wanted to like work on an album, not just start here, do songs here, and then mm. stop for a couple of months and come back. It just didn't make sense. You can't make a cohesive album like that. So there is no point to to come back and try to figure it out or and then she was she lives in London. So that that was another thing. Like we're not gonna be with the viruses going around, we can't go back and forth to London and all that stuff. And she's a mother as well. So she had to watch her son. So it it just it just didn't make sense to to continue. And I want to thank Tommy Parker for being here. For those on Patreon, there is going to be an exclusive uh, Patreon-only episode where we, myself and Tommy, talk about his work with Jordan Sparks Fantasia, Macy Gray, Victoria Monet, uh, a bunch of things. Uh, so if you want to hear that, join our Patreon. There's different levels on there. You can find us www.theoriginaldoll.com. And we're going to be releasing more episodes with more Britney Spears collaborators over the next few weeks. Um, but don't forget to uh, tell people about this. Subscribe. The more people we get listening, the more we help out charity. So thank you all so much, and I will see you on the flip side. The original doll. Yeah, yeah.